I'm John Mooney and welcome to The Dark State. This podcast is brought to you through the generous financial support of our subscribers on Patreon and Apple Podcasts. How are the good people of Ukraine coping with the Russian invasion? What is it like to hear missiles rain down in your country? Do you fight or flee? I'm joined on the line by Nadia Dobryganska, who has now just fled with her family from her home in Kiev. I'm John Mooney. Welcome to The Dark State. Nadia, thank you for joining me. Could I begin by asking you to tell the listeners about yourself? Thanks for having me. Um, so I'm in my 30s. I am native of Kiev and I work for a human rights organization, Human Rights Centers, MENA. And um, yeah, I left, I left Kiev yesterday and today I moved further away from Kiev and currently... I'm with my family in in the countryside, trying to figure out how to settle in with with our relations, uh, who are very generously providing us shelter. While we are there, are four of us, four of us in my family, and we're, where we are, we can't find um, a spare house to rent, so we're going to be squish, squishing in all together in one room with in the house of our relatives. What prompted you to flee Kiev? Um, so, yeah, it was me who alerted everyone. I I couldn't sleep the night when the invasion actually happened. I woke up at half two and kept scrolling Twitter. And I just saw that Putin uh, declared war at 5 a.m. And then I just started calling all my, yeah, my parents and my brother it's just we we had a plan with my brother because we could we saw all the news and all the warnings by the U.S. intelligence and other uh, foreign intelligence agencies. And on one hand, like I, because my parents are not well, they're quite ill. So I I knew that I wouldn't leave the country, even though I'd really I'd rather stay away from from any warfare. So we made a plan with my brother that if there are missile strikes on Kiev, as they were predicted, we leave. And so I just did what we planned. So I saw that the war was declared and I called my parents to start packing and they were completely in denial. So I packed my stuff and I came to their home. Thankfully, they they live down the street from me. And my brother, I couldn't reach him. His phone was on mute. So I took the metro to his house, banged on his door, woke him up, and then yeah, we we fled. So it it was uh, we kind of preemptively had a plan. So whenever I saw that the the war is coming in, and and after I read the news, I heard explosions in Kiev when I was packing, like very soon early on, and I wasn't quite sure that these were I what they. I wasn't sure what these were. I I thought that it's too early for any fireworks, and I couldn't. I didn't realize that those were missile strikes. I I started thinking that probably these could have been the some sabotage, maybe from from the inside. And only when I started, when I when I uh, was going to see my brother on on, on the underground in Kiev, I started scrolling the news and I realized those were uh, ballistic missiles. 
So the fact that I started packing before I realized those were the missiles really saved us a lot of time because we were ahead of many people who are stuck in Kiev now because they didn't have a plan, unfortunately. And was it difficult to leave Kiev? Uh, people in the West have seen images of uh, heavily uh, congested roads leading from the city. Was it difficult to leave? It's what, uh, too difficult for us because we started quite early at 10 a.m. Like I spent like maybe three hours or so convincing my parents to leave and to pack and my mother through a horrendous tantrum that we're not packing her bean soup that she made yesterday. Like she was rolling on the ground. Like it was, it was terrifying to be honest. And, um, after that, when we were leaving, the Kiev was congested, but it was not too bad. And we were lucky because we were going to a place quite close to Kiev off the main route that were congested. And uh, yesterday, as far as I'm concerned, for a whole day, well into the night, I heard from my friends who tried to leave uh, in the direction of the bomber from Kiev, the nearby um, big, big, big city to the west from Kiev, the first big city to the West. So uh, people spent like 12 hours or so just in traffic and hadn't moved too far. But so we didn't go down the popular route because the place where we were going was off, was away from them. And we spent the night there. So it was fine. We, we weren't stuck. And uh, and today people are people just can't leave Kiev because there's an attack by the subversives from Russia. And there were missile strikes as well. So um, I'm in touch with my colleagues from my organization and with my friends, and they just, they can't leave their stuck in shelter. What is it like having to leave your home in these circumstances? How difficult it is, and what are the mental health impacts of this? Oh, Jesus, I don't, I, I can't even start estimating the, health, the mental health impact on me. But y- yesterday when... Yeah, I said, I can't, I'm not even sure what day of week it is. I, so yesterday must have been Thursday. And wh- whenever I read about the declaration of war, I just, it all became like a little bit as if I was in a film and I was a little bit watching myself from the outside. But I was also inside and start, I was just making, I, well, thank God I had a plan. So I was just doing what I knew that I have to do to act the most essential things, clothes, uh, medicines that I'm taking and um, just go and reach out to, I reached out to a friend also because I knew that she was, wasn't was in Kiev and she must, might have been asleep at that time. So I woke her up too. So it was a good, good, good idea. Good, good thing to do as she told me later. Um, so I, I was shaking until I think until today, um, and yeah, I keep thinking about stupid things that I've done. Like I've left a bottle of milk in my fridge, and I'm renting that flat. So um, God knows what's going to happen to the food that I've left and didn't throw away. Um, I keep thinking about these stupid things, and I'm there. There's a wee fuchsia that I uh, got. For myself, a fuchsia in a pot that reminded me of fuchsias in Ireland, and then it's going to die. <laughs> I know, and it's such a, you know, like people are dying, but I'm still thinking about my wee fuchsia, like it's ridiculous. Like it's a, it's a bit like my mom's 
uh, bean soup that she was desperate to, to bring with her. And we actually, eventually she, she, she had it her way. She brought her bloody bean soup with us. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's, I, I can't say it's surreal. It's, it feels very real, but there's no escape. And the reality of the fact that last night, uh, we, um, even outside the, outside Kiev, we woke up to an explosion, like a terrible explosion. We rushed to the safest spot in the house. Like there were quite a few of us in the house where I was staying. And we were, I even screamed like on, on, on the top of my voice. And I, yeah, my brother shouted at me like, don't, 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 don't do that. And I couldn't, I just couldn't control myself. I knew that I shouldn't be shy screaming like this way, but, but I was. So I don't, I think that I will, be able to estimate what's, ha- what's happened to me only God knows when it's over so I'm going through a, not a PTSD not a post-traumatic stress I'm in the middle of traumatic stress as we speak yeah now is it difficult to get food are people be helping one another uh, I presume all shops and everything else have closed down are cash machines working H- how is society there at the moment so it's it's this different in different places. Where I am now is uh, is is far is quite far from Kiev. Although there were missile strikes, no, no, it was those weren't ballistic missiles. So there was plane bombarding at the barracks nearby in two towns, uh, like fifteen kilometers from this place. So uh, like it's reasonably safe now. So the shops are open and cash points are open. So there is. Uh, so my aunt, the, who I'm staying with now, well, she said that there there is uh, kind of panic buying, as if as in people just show up at the same time to buy the same essential food, and there must be there. Each of them is not in a rush, but all of a sudden, the whole, whole whole village is coming to buy the same bread and get milk. So it it is panic. In fact, that's how well apparently that's how panic looks. Well, panic looks like it's. She's not desperate that there will be no food. She knows that there will, but suddenly everybody's thinking the same. But I'm pretty sure that in Kiev it's it's much harder to get things. Like people are literally spending many hours in shelters because of the uh, bombing and the, the well the, the warfare in the streets. So it's it's probably different in different places in Ukraine at the moment, and I'm lucky to be where I am. Thankfully. So we're not saying where you are for security reasons. Have you encountered any Russian forces yet? Have you seen any Russian soldiers? No. Well, what I, I've heard, so the place where I was staying was uh, the night before was uh, quite close to the, the spot of the fierce uh, Contest between the Ukrainian and Russian forces over um, airport, like a military airport. So, I we well, we would run into our wee shelter in the house now and again when we'd hear the planes coming in. And um, I didn't see them, but I heard them for sure. So, it's I'm pretty sure that we that what I heard was uh, Ukrainian airplanes and. Could have been Russian helicopter, but thankfully we I didn't see them precisely. Um, so yeah, so thankfully yeah, I haven't seen any Russian forces, and but I've I've heard the 
the explosion for sure. How do you think this is all going to pan out? What's your own plans? Are you heading for the Polish border if the situation deteriorates further, which is uh, likely? Or what is your plan? Well, Judge, this is the end point of my plan for now because of my family, because my parents are absolutely averse to leaving Ukraine. And, well, if I were on my own, I would have fled my 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 first hunch last night when we uh, yeah last, uh, last morning when when I read about the declaration of war I just thought that I'm going to grab my family and we'll just go west see the go um, maybe see our relatives in the countryside and then go west towards the border maybe to Poland or or Slovakia or see how it goes and then my parents it was really hard to convince them to leave in the first place and they they won't go abroad so. So my, I, I suppose my plan for now is to stay where I am, to stay put and see how it goes. Because I woke up with this feeling this morning that after uh, we heard rumors about that there could be further uh, strikes in Kiev, and it it proved to be true. So they were, and there were Russian airplanes bomb attacking Kiev too. And so I'd, yeah, I'm really worried that the prognosis that there maybe we will, you know, that Russians will succeed within 48 hours. I have this, I don't believe this. I see that Ukrainian army is so much stronger than any Western or Russian an, uh, analysis uh, thought. And it's, it's fantastic. But, so, but I, I'm not sure that it's going to, I don't know if it's going to last for a long time. It, it feels like, I just can't believe that it's going to last for months. And maybe it's this sense of like, displa- displacement. Well, apparently I'm kind of a generally displaced person at the moment. It's like, I, I, as far as I'm concerned, for research, they all think, and I think, that it's very temporary. And I'm going to be back to my wee fuchsia tomorrow, or maybe more on Monday. And no idea what it's going to be like. The situation is changing so rapidly that God knows what's going to happen next. Just talk to me about the general feeling in Ukraine at the moment, aside from the shock. I know that might be a difficult uh, thing to do, but I'm I'm just curious to see um, are people collectively becoming more hostile now and more determined to see this off? Right. Well, First of all, people have been very determined and resolved that that we will overcome all along since 2013. The question was how do we do that? So the confidence in the Ukrainian army has been enormous. And over the last 24 hours and counting, I think that we've seen the excellence of Ukrainian forces. Like they're, go- they're uh, uh, going beyond any pr- previous experience. Like I've, this, this morning they've been uh, uh, striking Russian um, air, uh, airplane bases in, on the territory of Russia, like sending ballistic missiles. They've never done that before because it would have been considered as an act of aggression by Ukraine, who, well, which supposedly, well, supposedly Russia hadn't been side of the conflict, which is just a lie, but Ukraine never did this before. So, and Ukrainian army is blowing up 
um, bridges to prevent Russian tanks and armed cars from crossing rivers. So they're doing their best. And the story from the snake island from last night, Jesus Christ, it broke my heart. Like the, there were 13, I think, or 14, I'm sorry, I think there were 13 border guards and a Russian ship um, gave them an order to surrender and they said, well, go away. And they were all killed, but they didn't surrender. And all these stories are really, really showing that, well, are really re- reinforcing confidence of Ukrainians, well, that I'm aware of in, U- in the Ukrainian army. I guess it's not it's not the question about facing Ukrainian army, it's about uh, lack of international support, like active support, as in currently Ukrainian NGOs and the government are calling on NATO to, to protect our skies. This is something that Ukraine can't do. Like we are extremely vulnerable to Russian ballistic missiles. And the fact that Russia can bring in different, uh, different strategies and that we can be overwhelmed by them, this is something that worries me more. And while I'm sure I'm really confident in the Ukrainian army, I, I just think that there are some things that we might not be ready for, but then God knows. Like, if you, if in 2014 nobody expected that Ukraine would resist and that Russia will be stopped, if you know what I mean. Mm. The Ukrainian army, even that, at that time when they were so weak and disorganized, really resisted Russia really, really well, and they they weren't able to occupy the entire Donbas region, as in Luhansk and the Donetsk regions, they occupied only part of the, those regions. So I think Ukrainian army is full of surprises and there is enormous support for them among Ukrainians. I don't think anyone doubts their courage and their bravery in these circumstances. Nadia, please do say, stay safe. We, we, do, we do hope to speak again in the coming days. And on behalf of all the listeners, could I take this opportunity to wish you and your family the best in these extraordinarily difficult times. Thank you t- for taking the time to talk with me today. Thank you very much. And that concludes today's edition of The Dark State. If you enjoyed this episode, we would appreciate it if you could tell a friend or post a review. I hope you will join us again next week.